These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world, and welcome to the funniest people I know podcast and radio show. We are so happy to be back in the studio. Alex, TJ, George, how are you? I'm doing so well that you didn't say we're live. I've never been happier. <laughs> it's this like it's show. my birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. I wouldn't say get used to it. I would love to. So we can't get used to the good things. We can't have nice things, Will. Is that what you're saying right now? <laughs> well, we can have some nice things. For example, I kind of need to run something by you guys. Oh, okay. Okay. We're fostering this giant dog, and mm-hmm. I'm inside, I'm outside, and I don't always want to sit down and bend over and tie my shoes every time I go in and out. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting a pair of Crocs. No. No, no, Will. No. no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Why not? Mm-mm. Well, beyond the offense it causes to society by putting them on your feet, they get caught in escalators. Do they? Yeah. You can damage your foot by being maimed by an escalator. This and- is a true story. Croc injuries? Yeah, croc injuries. Beyond the fashion offense, it's dangerous. Right. And what we care about more than you offending fashion is your safety. Yeah, I don't want you getting trapped in an escalator. I feel the love. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Can I ask one other croc question? Go for it. Gibbets? Gibbet? That sounds inappropriate. Uh, Is that like a turkey (laughs) accessory? I think that's the giblet. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Gibbets are basically bling for the holes of your Crocs. That's stupid. See, they're not necessary because you wouldn't have the Crocs. Well, I guess in this case I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. If I see you in Crocs, just to be clear, I uh, swear on my life I will remove them from your feet forcefully (laughs) and hit you in the face with them. I mean, pretty much. Crocs are worse than sandals with socks? Yes. They're wow. in the same family for me. They definitely are, but they're worse. <laughs> Jay, what do you think? Uh, no Crocs. No Crocs at all. It's pretty clear. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Unanimous. Yeah. Well, thank you. I guess I can't get Crocs. I'm more upset that you even considered it. Right. There is some big news in candy. Okay. I love candy. Right. My father, Frank Amato, mm-hmm. works for the company who mm-hmm. makes Peeps. Mm-hmm. They also make a jelly bean called Mike and Ike's. Oh, yeah, Mike yeah. Ike. Hot tamales. Yeah, they're up there. They're also a candy. Well, there's been some news in candy. I'm going to read you the headline of this article. Candy, comma, cheese, soar to space to satisfy crew cravings. It's not a grammatically correct headline. Okay, (laughs) okay, okay. okay. That's why it doesn't make any sense to me. But it does come from the Associated Press. Or AP News is just a really clever news title of a company to make you think it's someone's initials. Yeah, it's just it Aaron Parson. <laughs> <laughs> Cape Canaveral, Florida. A cargo ship rocketed towards the International Space Station on Saturday, carrying candy and cheese to satisfy the astronauts' cravings. Awesome launch, Joel Montebalano said, NASA's deputy space station program manager. Besides the usual experiments and gear, the capsule holds cheddar and manchego cheeses, fresh fruits and vegetables, chocolate, and three kinds of gummy candy expressly requested by the three station astronauts. Skittles, hot tamales, and Mike and Ikes. That's fun. Is that the first time that candy has gone to space? To my knowledge, this is the first time that a just-born product 
has been requested or sent to space. Okay. It's interesting that they didn't request peeps. No. Nobody's, no, nobody's ever requested peeps. They just happen. Oh, they just candy happen. Candy that's sent to space, I imagine, is in a high-pressure environment, so mm. I don't think a peep would be much. <laughs> right. All those little granules of sugar might come loose and get stuck in stuff. Oh, that's so true. As you eat it, suddenly it's in your eye. Mm. I'm remembering Homer in space eating potato chips and getting crumbs everywhere. Mm, mm-hmm. That is true. And he had to float and he was like, trying and, uh, to uh, like yeah, catch him. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. That would be. Until I would, you get to the bottom of the bag. It, it, <laughs> I do not want to chase the hot tamales through mm. space. Do you think if you sent peeps to space, though, you could get them there if they had a little peep spacesuit and they were peepsonauts? <laughs> peepsonauts. That I sounds mean, adorable. Peepsternauts. And I could see the peeps franchise going in that direction. Ooh, what's the new peep to make? Astronaut peep. Actually, I think I saw some news about peeps recently. Didn't they invent uh, spicy peeps? There is now a hot tamale flavored peep. (laughs) That's what I've always wanted. It's like, you know what? These peeps are delicious. They're just not burning my tongue. What what am I missing in my life? Oh, a cinnamon marshmallow. No. (laughs) Said no one ever. (laughs) No, I want that. No no offense to our friends at the peeps company. Yeah, we love you so much. Big fan of the peeps. We love you so much. We're so proud of you doing so well with something so unnecessary. It's huge. Amazing. You can say now that peeps and Mike and Ike's are no longer just a global candy. They're a cosmic, galactic candy. Okay, Will. (laughs) (laughs) You were so extra. TJ, if you were in space and you could request some food items on the shipment up to the space station, what would you want? I don't know. Ice cream? Space ice cream? Didn't we try some last time? We did. that. Like That's that's what you would request? Yeah. You know what else exists? M&M's. Yeah. Yeah. There (laughs) you go. You could always just request M&M's and not space ice cream. Snicker bars. Mm Well, congratulations for being the candy of choice at the International Space Station. This <laughs> show is brought to you by Mike and Ike's Hot Tamales. Yeah, that's all. And I'm, peeps. I'm, I'm right. still waiting on that endorsement check. Right. <laughs> Speaking of news, Will, you have some news, right? Don't you have a draft of something to share with us? I do. Are right. you about to achieve a step towards your New Year's resolution? That's correct, George. My goal was to make a short film in 2020. Oh, Okay. I've overdone it mm-hmm. once right. again. Okay. And I've written something that is going to be expensive and complicated and crazy to produce, but that I'm really happy with. And I'm excited to share this draft with you guys. I should have read the draft before agreeing to produce this, shouldn't I? Well, yeah, no one's read it yet. Okay. This is stemmed from a story that happened to my brother-in-law where he had to do a singing telegram as a funky chicken. And apparently it didn't go that well. (laughs) I can't imagine how well it could have gone. And I called my brother-in-law, Jesse, and I said, what happened? He gave me some really juicy details that I used to write this short film. I'll read stage directions. I've cast it with the funny people. And here we go. This is the first draft never before seen of the short film Funky Chicken. Interior. The kitchen in a crappy apartment. Noon. Jacob, 30 and depressed takes a gulp from his third cup of strong black coffee and stares nervously at the small piece of crumpled up paper in his hand. It says, Jim Stone, with a phone number. He's really going to do it this time. Pulling out his cell phone, he begins to dial, listens to one ring, chickens out, and quickly hangs up the phone. Feeling useless, he pours a fresh cup of coffee and walks towards his bedroom. Interior, the bedroom in a crappy apartment. A moment later, Jacob's bedroom is a disaster. Wigs, knockoff mascot heads, <laughs> magic tricks, oh balloons, and bags of confetti litter the floor. 
A large plastic zipper bag with a menacing latex chicken head sits on the edge of the bed. Setting the coffee on the nightstand, Jacob leans over and kisses his girlfriend Peggy, 30s, on the forehead. Morning, sweetheart. I brought you coffee. Oh. Moaning, Peggy begrudgingly awakens, grabs a tissue, and blows her nose loudly. <laughs> Ugh. I feel like death. Did you call about the job? No. It's a solid lead. Jim is an old friend of the family. I don't like charity. It's not charity. It's a connection. Promise me you'll call today. <sighs> I'll try. Taking a sip of coffee, Peggy notices the chicken costume on the edge of the bed. Oh, damn. I have a singing telegram at one. Cancel it. You're sick. We need the money. Struck with an idea, Peggy gazes lovingly at Jacob. She wants him to go in her stead. Realizing the implication, Jacob shakes his head no. Uh-uh. Please, Jacob. I'll love you forever. Jacob stares at the chicken costume in horror. Peggy furrows her brow and pouts her lip. Jacob looks back at Peggy with pity, rolls his eyes, and exhales in defeat. He's going to do it. Oh, thank you, baby. Okay, get dressed before you leave to make it on time. Also, the car won't start, so you'll have to take the moped. <clears throat> Peggy rolls over and goes back to sleep. Jacob grabs the giant zipper bag with the chicken head and trudges off towards the bathroom. Interior, the bathroom, moments later. Standing in front of the mirror in his underwear, Jacob lifts his leg and struggles into a pair of fire engine red chicken tights, loses his balance, and falls over. Jacob struggles into a tight spandex yellow t-shirt. Haphazardly sewn into the yellow t-shirt are the feathers from two red and yellow feather boas. Slipping his head through the latex rubber chicken mask, Jacob feels fresh horror as he notices that his face will be visible through the open mouth of the chicken. <laughs> Fully dressed in his costume, Jacob makes a sad chicken noise. Block! He's like, sad. Block! 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 You're right, I think he is sad, TJ. Yeah, he makes a sad chicken noise. Is that not... <laughs> that sounds like a question. <laughs> oh, that's good, that's good. Okay, all right, I'll try. <laughs> that was a big improvement. TJ's going to be my chicken voice coach. <laughs> yeah, thank you, I'll come. TJ, please add that on your resume. Oh, well. Right, I will. Scene two, moped montage. Jacob climbs onto his moped dressed as a chicken and drives through his apartment complex. A kid playing basketball laughs. Jacob passes a mother strapping her two children into a minivan. They point and laugh. Jacob waits for the gate to open as he exits his apartment complex. Jacob realizes his fuel light is on and pulls into a gas station to refuel. A man fueling up in the next stall mocks him with chicken noises. Jacob drives down a busy street with six cars behind him honking and flashing their lights. <laughs> Jacob drives past a PETA protest. He's surrounded by protesters and sprayed with red paint. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. Jacob passes a playground and is teased by a gaggle of angry schoolchildren. Extreme wide shot of Jacob driving down the street in the moped. Jacob drives past an elderly man mowing his lawn in a suburban neighborhood. Jacob drives past the other way and sees the same man mowing his lawn, traveling in the other direction. Jacob pulls up a third time and asks the man for direction. I'm looking for the Weber residence. I'm telling you nothing. You're a bullshit chicken. <laughs> <laughs>
Jacob drives away and finally pulls up to the house where a sign reads, Welcome to the Weber residence. That's convenient. (laughs) Scene three, exterior, the Weber residence. Jacob removes his helmet and puts on the chicken head. With a sigh, he walks up the driveway towards the backyard with an exaggerated chicken walk. Forty members of the Weber family mull around in the backyard. A big sign reading, Happy 80th Birthday Grandma Gertrude, hangs on top of a large tent. Tom Weber, 40s, approaches. Well, hey, look, Webbers, it's a giant chicken. You look great. Chickens are very special in our family. Great. Tom wheels Grandma Gertrude's wheelchair over to a large clearing in the grass. The whole family gather around, anxiously awaiting the show. Tom's daughter, Lily Weber, six years old, holds his hand. Jacob turns bright red and is suddenly very embarrassed by the large crowd, who are incredibly silent. After a pregnant pause, Jacob speaks in a stupid chicken voice. I left the coop this morning to celebrate Grandma Gertrude's 80th birthday. The big old chicken came to wish you a happy birthday, Grandma. Where is the hoon? German subtitles. Who is this chicken? Grandma Gertrude nervously looks to her family for help, very confused. Jacob looks around at the sea of faces waiting to be entertained. He shrugs, not knowing what to do. He walks in a circle, balking. It's awkward. That was a rooster. Uncle Phil Weber, 40s, a rabble rouser, chimes in. It's a non-binary chicken. (laughs) The crowd bursts out laughing. Jacob is paralyzed. Marge Weber, 50s, gets impatient. Do something, chicken. This chicken is boring. I hate this chicken. Uh, Let's try the chicken dance. Everybody, flap your chicken wings. Great. Now for some music. Jacob hits play on a small Bluetooth speaker. It does not play. Oh, uh, sorry, folks. I I forgot to charge my chicken batteries. The agent said you were going to sing. What an excellent idea. Everybody clap your wings. Here I go. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, chicken. Then there's something about a duck. So kiss my butt. Flap your wings, flap your wings. Those are not words. I get it. He's bad on purpose. This performance is not as advertised. Jacob wanders over to Grandma Gladys. Outstretching his pathetic wings, he leans in for a hug. Grandma Gladys is skeptical and not amused. The chicken wants to hug Granny. Grandma Gladys slaps Jacob across the face. Thick dick. The crowd reacts to Grandma's outburst and blames the chicken. Hey, back off, pal. Leave Grandma alone, Mr. Chicken. She's ancient. I'm sure it was an accident. Everyone flap your wings like a chicken. Jacob struts around in a circle making chicken noises, trying to get smiles out of the crowd. A member of the family throws a piece of fried chicken at his face. I thought you were supposed to sing. Time for the happy birthday song. Ooh, what a lovely cake. Everyone, gather round. Under a pop-up tent sits a large cake with 80 candles that says, Happy 80th birthday, Grandma. Jacob the chicken walks over to the cake. I'll light the candles. 
this isn't going well, but since we're all here anyway, we might as well sing happy birthday. This cake looks delicious. I hope those aren't my eggs in there. What does he mean, Daddy? Nothing, honey. The chicken has been gross. Roosters don't lay eggs. Daddy, where do baby chickens come from? I'll tell you when you're older. Get on with it. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, on the count of three, let's all sing happy birthday to Grandma Gertrude. One, two, three. With solemn looks on their faces, as if attending a funeral, the Webbers sing happy birthday. Jacob conducts the crowd with his chicken wings. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Grandma Gertrude. During the song, Jacob leans too close to the flame and his feathers catch fire. The chicken is on fire, Daddy! Jacob flails around like a terrified chicken and searches frantically for water. Finding a large punch bowl, he dumps the frozen liquid over his head. After a moment of silence, the crowd begins to laugh. Hanging his head in shame, Jacob grabs his tiny bag and Bluetooth speaker and walks away. Grandma Gertrude. Es ist schwer in Zuzin. German subtitles. It's hard to be a chicken. <laughs> Slow fade to black. Exterior, the Weber's driveway, a few moments later. Jacob slowly ambles down the driveway, passing the disgruntled faces of the Weber family. Reaching his moped, he pauses for a moment near Tom Weber. That'll be $85. I think you should leave. Tom crosses his arms threateningly and faces off with Jacob. Taking a breath, Jacob stares him down. I'm, I'm not leaving without the cash. Tom begrudgingly hands Jacob a wad of cash. Stepping onto his moped, Jacob drives away while 40 members of the Weber family stare on angrily. Fade to black. Interior, the bedroom of a crappy apartment. Jacob quietly opens the door to his bedroom, sits on the bed and kisses Peggy on the forehead. Peggy sits up groggily in bed. Oh, oh you smell like burnt rubber. Oh. How did he go? They roasted me. Go back to sleep. Jacob hands Peggy the wad of cash and tucks her into bed. Mm, I love you. Peggy shuts her eyes. Interior, the kitchen in a crappy apartment, a moment later. Jacob sits at the kitchen counter in his crappy apartment, pulls out the slip of paper, dials, and makes a phone call. This is Jim. Hi, Jim. I'm Jacob. Peggy's boyfriend? Damn glad to meet you. I was wondering when you were going to call. Fade to black. Oh, that's sweet. Embarrassing himself gave him the confidence to apply for a job? Yeah! Mm, okay. Aww. Or did he just realize he could use a little bit of charity? <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea is that no matter how scary it is to make a phone call or do something that maybe is a little intimidating, mm -hmm. it can't possibly be worse than the hell of a chicken party I just experienced. <laughs> <laughs> a thanking telegram that goes wrong. I so got you. I think it's really a story about taking chances. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it's sweet, uh, and it's funny. I think it sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's a lot of shots. I'm like, hmm, I think we're going to have to cut that shot. That's, like, <laughs> that's going to take two cameras. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of crowd scenes. Yeah, a lot we of, have a lot of extras to feed. It's a big production, but I like the gist of the first draft. Was the birthday party itself a little long, or did it feel like it dragged in any places? 
That's the stuff that's the meat of it. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Yeah. But that's the fun of it. I want to spend more time at the party watching him. It's like Ben Stiller. Anything that can go wrong will. So I think that that's a lot of fun. So that's where I want to spend most of my time. Cool. I tried to think about that going into it, mm-hmm. where I said, well, the awful thing is to watch him be embarrassed at this party. Mm-hmm. I could see finessing the story of the party a little more so mm-hmm. that it feels maybe a little more tense. But then I also imagine once you get the actors out there, the actors doing his thing in the chicken costume, it could kind of... You're going to get a lot of good footage. Mm-hmm. And I think also you put some funny people out there mm-hmm. and just let them ad-lib at this mm-hmm. idiot. I like shots of the chicken getting gas. The chicken being out and about. Some of those street shots will be impossible for you to get. But (laughs) things like him at a store or at a gas station, I think, would be interesting shots. Who's paying for this? Grecian Euro. How about he goes across a parking lot and there's just a park car next to him? That sounds cinematic, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I I see it. Maybe you do just go, well, what do we have and what do Mm. we have access to? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not a bunch of trucks. Maybe it's, I don't know, five of us in our (laughs) cars. It's four sedans. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is your first dark comedy, right? I guess so. Although I had to put together a submission of some sketches this week, and I discovered that much of the work I do is oddly sexual. Odd? Okay. Well, I wrote Divine Puberty about a young couple discovering the Holy Spirit by kind of having sex with each other. Okay, I've I've seen that. Uh, I wrote this sketch called Finance Guy that was in Broken 30, Mm -hmm. where these two women are very turned on at this man's financial pecuniary prowess. Yeah. (laughs) That's and a sentence. Several okay. people have told me that it was their favorite sketch in the show. So okay, but yeah, I guess you're right. This is kind of dark. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. Goes I think it's hell. a mood. I, I wouldn't know. mind it going a bit darker for him. Mm-hmm. Like, does he have to fight the guy? Does he have to snatch it from him? Yeah. If I'm the dad, I'm not giving this Yahoo yeah. anything right. kick in the butt. I could imagine Ooh. the family, they all kind of gather around in a circle and they have to box it out or something. You no, know, he and the dad have a moment inside the house with everybody else and the dad's, I'm not paying you, like, you get the fuck out of my house. And then he like punches him. Oh, like, yeah, he decks the dad. Yeah, he decks the dad. But also if he comes back with nothing, that might work. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe he has to make that call because he failed. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, so there's a few directions this could go. Or he sells his plasma. Oh, he sells his plasma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he goes in the chicken cash. outfit to the Red Cross. Yes. He has to come back with 85 mm-hmm. bucks. Something, you set yeah. that up in the beginning where Peggy says, don't come back to this house until yeah. you have the cash. Bitch, exactly. get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> She's got to eat too, George. She's sick <laughs> and rent is due. Rent is due. Yeah. Exactly. Rent's late. Well, and that'd be a great way to raise the stakes, right? Because yeah. why does he go through this? Well, he yeah. needs that 85 bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I want to see how miserable yeah. this can be for him. I like it. Well, thank you, I like guys. That. I appreciate it. I watched the Oscar shorts, and I'll tell you, if you're looking for an Academy nomination, the film has to seem important. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the easiest thing I think you could do is set it in a battleground, like in Syria. That'll make it seem oh, important. That's, yeah. They really like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Parasite won Beck's picture, so what if it's North Korea and it's Kim Jong-un's birthday party? <laughs> I think then you get in trouble like James Franco did. Right. And I wouldn't touch that with anything. Mm-hmm. Copy that. I don't want a Salman Rushdie fatwa. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a fatwa against you. (laughs) Thank you, folks, for hearing that out. This has been Funky Chicken, the writer's room on the Funniest People I Know podcast. I hope you liked it, because you're going to hear it again. It's time now, folks, for our newest publication in the Funniest People I Know book club. Oh, I can't wait. What do we got? What do we got, Will? Well, our first book was Cinderella's Christmas Affair. A classic. Hugely popular, big success. We've decided we need to expand and have a second publication. Mm -hmm. This is a book called 
Even tree nymphs get the blues. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. <laughs> this was recommended to me by a new Funniest People I Know listener, Kevin Bomley. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Thank Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, he is Kevin. in my grad school class at Kennesaw State and loves the show and said, I love Cinderella's Christmas Affair. You guys have to check this out. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Alexandria Sweat Fori <laughs> and even tree nymphs get the blues. Sometimes, being an ancient supernatural creature meant making strange choices to pay your rent. Sometimes it meant sacrificing your dignity. Sometimes it meant riding down the highway on a greyhound bust, past a giant billboard image of yourself dressed like a Swiss milkmaid, and hiding your face so the other passengers didn't recognize you. There's a lot to unpack already. Yeah, this sounds so like much. it's a spinoff of the Funky Chicken. <laughs> right? Like, no, because I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I don't know whether to be flattered or offended. <laughs> I'm not sure either. We'll find out what Kevin has in store for So she's us. on a bus. She looks out the window. There's a billboard, and she is on it as a milkmaid. Clearly, she has a past. Uh-huh. And she's also supernatural. Yeah. So she's a nymph. She's a nymph. What's a nymph? It's like a sex supernatural. No? No. Am I just thinking of Nymphomaniac and just combining things? (laughs) It's just a tree fairy. Okay. Ingrid Asher never meant to be the face of an aggressively quaint dairy headquartered in pastoral Detroit, but a decade before, an exec for the dairy's advertising agency, not headquartered in Detroit, had spotted her while working her temp job in the agency's mailroom, and the money he offered was simply too good to pass up. By the time her high cheekbones, icy blue eyes, and milky complexion were discovered, she lived a mostly Spartan existence in New York City for close to 50 years, and at one point she'd been close to burning the tiny sapling that gave her eternal life and walking into Central Park to die. Oh, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she discovered something that made her life worth living. Ice cream. What? <laughs> I mean, is same, it, Is girl. this a sexy book about ice cream? Because I can totally get into that. <laughs> okay. You know I love me some ice cream. Is it like butter pecan? Like, Tell me Rose, more flavors. Strawberry cheesecake? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. The whole opening builds to that line. Did it really so build to ice cream? <laughs> I love the idea that you're an immortal creature who's considering killing yourself, but then you don't because of ice cream. That's wonderful. She'd been living in a forest, and then a fourth-story walk-up in Queens. <laughs> Wait, what? Moving on up. <laughs> Moving on up. I'd rather live in the forest than Queens. <laughs> She'd been living in a forest, and then a fourth-story walk-up in Queens. <laughs> For the last 500 years, there was no Baskin-Robbins in the deep northern forest of Norway. <laughs> Famously not. Once she discovered the healing power of frozen sweetened delights, <laughs> she made it her single focus to learn everything she could about ice cream. <laughs> She'd eaten sundaes at nearly every ice cream parlor in the five boroughs, and she'd never gained an ounce, because that was one advantage of being a nymph. Once you were fully grown, you stayed in that form until your death. 
Wow, nymphs don't gain weight. I'm jealous. I know, I want to be a nymph. So she gets to, like, enjoy ice cream without consequence. Mm-hmm. She can stay a baddie nymph. You passing know? some judgment. You just well, met this woman. She's, like, strutting around New York living her best life, eating cups and cups of ice cream. Love it. I want her life. Not yeah, gaining an ounce. She's the flow of the milk industry. <laughs> she is. She's all over the billboard. She's the flow of the milk industry. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, she is the face of dairy. Girl, <laughs> Living it up. After a little research, she decided to open her creamery in Mystic Bayou, Louisiana. Mystic Bayou was a bit of an El Dorado to supernatural creatures. <laughs> a peaceful place where they could live in the open without worrying about the persecution or discovery. A supernatural utopia where shifters and fairies and other creatures live together without the normal territorial pissing matches. The bayou? <laughs> this is the, the most glamorous description of the bayou right? I've ever heard. This is interesting. On this hero's journey, you've left Nymphland. You've moved away from New York. We're going from New York and Nymphland to the bayou? Yep, to do ice cream. Well, that's a twist if I've <laughs> ever heard one. Right? <laughs> but she's from Norway originally? That's where her people are from. She's been around for damn near 500 years. years. (laughs) So she's old as hell. She, you know, but she still look good. She's Mm -hmm. still tight. Mm -hmm. That's why she's able to work. But now she's retiring Uh to Louisiana. I hate this book. (laughs) (laughs) She could thrive there, living among her own kind for the first time in an age. She could live without fear, without worry. That's part one of Even Tree Nymphs Get the Blues. I'm sucked in. I want to know what happens when she leaves the big city for the bayou. Oh, Ooh, is she going to meet some sort of buff wood creature? Yeah. Crocodile hunter. Thank you, everybody. That was Even Tree Nymphs Get the Blues, written by Molly Harper. The book's available on Amazon. You can, I think, listen to the audiobook for free, but it won't be near as great as what you just read. They can't add what I give. No, no. <laughs> I, I cannot wait for the next installment. <laughs> We've got a very special guest on the line today. We're going to speak with a man who's been on what can best be described as a chicken crusade. A chicken crusade? Goodness gracious. (laughs) Is that like when the people were fighting for Popeye's sandwiches? Was that a crusade? No, 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 no. Or just a melting of society. I think that's more like it. Uh, No, not really. It's it's a little more complicated. Okay. Let's get Joseph on the line. Joseph Pond, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Joseph, I understand you've had a pretty big week in Cobb County. Would you give us some context as to what happened this week? Yeah, it snowed like the devil. I got up and it was... uh, um, On Tuesday, the uh, Cobb County Board of Commissioners voted to allow pens on uh, plots of land under two acres. That is big big news. Because previous to that, you couldn't own chickens in Cobb County unless you had two acres or more or were willing to go through hell and high water to get a variance or land use permit. And at one point I read that you had chickens and you got a fine from the county, right? Uh, yes, I am a, uh, I am a repeat chicken offender in Cobb <laughs> County. I've been caught more than once with, with chickens, been ticketed, and oh. I've been sternly warned that next time I will face additional charges as a repeat offender. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. And 
Is that like, one of the most ridiculous things you've ever heard? Yes. yes. A little yes. bit. Yes. Yeah, awesome. That's absolutely absurd. So you have your chickens, and then they show up and confiscate your chickens, or they say you have to get rid of them in so much time? Well, yeah, they give you a ticket and then notify you that you are sideways with the code. It's a zoning violation, punishable by up to a $1,000 fine and or 60 days in jail. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. You could actually go to jail over That's chickens. That is ridiculous. Yes, You've spent a long time fighting for this, and I'm about to move to Cobb County, and I'm a recent member of the Backyard Chickens Alliance of Cobb County. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So extra. Uh, I started that organization back in 2011. My wife, mother of my children, said I'd like to have fresh eggs. Yeah. So I did the research, thought that I was in compliance, and got chickens. The neighbor behind me called a friend of hers who was a commissioner claimed that it was going to ruin her property value, and the county ticketed me for it, and I fought the ticket, applied for a variance, and then after I did it and after I went through all of it, they said, well, you can't have a variance. It's not allowed. And it's like, why didn't you just say that up front? (laughs) Well, we can't because that would be like giving you legal advice, and we can't give you legal advice. What? What? It's totally insane. I started the Backyard Chicken Alliance with two purposes. Number one, to legalize chickens in Cobb County. Number Mm -hmm, two, mm -hmm. to give the people in Cobb County that do like chickens a place to gather, to commiserate, to talk to other people, get information, etc. So I think we've done well on both counts. Congratulations. This has Mm -hmm. been a 10-year campaign. I was trying to show up on the day the vote happened, but I couldn't get out of work. But I was really rejoicing when you guys got this through. Were you nervous about the vote? Because didn't you have to go to each commissioner individually and try to make sure you had a majority? I wasn't particularly nervous. The group as a whole has kind of vetted each candidate as it's come up for the commissioner's positions and then just asked them straight up where they stand on these issues. Yeah. Of course, Bob Ott was first commissioner back in 2013, got the code changed to even allow variances. Okay. Lisa Cupid was on board then, you know, and then the object was to get the third vote, which we finally did with Commissioner Gambrell. Go, Commissioner Gambrell. I have a personal vested interest in this because, as I said, we just bought a house in what I'm calling Smurbleton. Sure. (laughs) And my wife has actually built a chicken coop when we were living in Stone Mountain out of an armoire. Cool. That we found on the side of the road. You've solved the chicken problem. Check. (laughs) We're allowed to have them. One chicken per 5,000 feet of square footage. What's next, Joseph? What's the next issue that you're going to tackle? you got at least five more decades worth of civic action (laughs) ahead of you. God, don't tell me I'm going to live to be over 100. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I can do this for another 50 years. I don't know yet. I'm kind of happy where I'm at right now. I'd love to see the state of Georgia legalize marijuana. Mm, (laughs) That's a good cause. That's a a horse of a different color, so to speak. You're on the right (laughs) podcast, Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that now that we've opened the floodgates with backyard chickens, that maybe backyard rhinoceroses will ever catch on? Mm. It's a possibility, but that's a much taller order because then you got to fight the federal government to get an exotic pet license. Oh, that's true. That's probably more than we can chew right there. That's All good right. to know. I was thinking about getting a tiger. Tigers are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I have nine cats, so I'm a bit of a oh. feline lover myself. See? Wow. I love animals, period. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, we do too. The chickens are a lot of fun. <laughs> what are you oh going God. to name your chickens in your coop? My wife and I were talking about that this morning, and we have 0.71 acres, so we're going to get to have six chickens. And we were wow. discussing the different breeds and stuff. Uh, oh, there's you know, I'd love breeds. to get another silky and uh, another Polish chicken. And mm. Zelda yeah. is what I had named my silky, and Phyllis was the, the, the Phyllis. Polish chicken. <laughs> Phyllis is a great name for a chicken. Well, and if you've ever seen a Polish chicken, the feathers come straight out and down. She's named after Phyllis Diller because she looked like Phyllis Diller. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, those Polish chickens look like a chicken with feathers that are inside out or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, they look like they got a little hat. We've got a fellow on the show named Tracy Jackson. Would you consider calling one of your chickens Tracy Jackson? I'd have to run that by the way. <laughs> <laughs> DJ shaking his head no. He He's, was way too tickled. Is. I have one final question and then we'll let you go. I want to know when are you going to start your campaign for mayor? <laughs> well, there is no mayor of Cobb County, but uh, I have run for commissioner of Cobb County against the commissioner that was just hell-bent on no chickens. She was defiant to the end and is still claiming that there's no place in Cobb for chickens. But She's wrong. Joseph, you have the vote of the funniest people mm -hmm. I know and our thousands of listeners. So thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure, sir. I look forward to seeing you at the next commissioner meeting. All right. Take care, Joseph. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And what did you guys think of Joseph? I'm really impressed that he got something done. I've been fighting <laughs> the city of Atlanta for 10 years to open a park that was once a public park that they closed temporarily for the 96 Olympics. And 10 years later, I've achieved almost nothing. <laughs> you guys are so ambitious. I'm just trying to eat some get, chicken. <laughs> you get through life. You guys are over here trying to change things and get ordinances and chickens in your backyard. I think he provided some really cool information because I always talk to Leon about wanting to start my own mini farm. Right now, I'm in an apartment and I just have the fire escape. Hey, you can grow some plants on the fire. You know, no chickens, though. Could we work with the math? I know I said 5,000 square feet. Well, what if you divide that? As the ordinance states, mm -hmm. Lily and I would be eligible to get four and a half chickens. Oh. Wow. I love four and a half. Will you name one of your chickens, TJ? Tracy Jackson. Okay. He hates that you found out what his name is. Yeah. When I was in the seventh grade, my seventh grade class would do this experiment every year where they brought in a bunch of eggs and they had an incubator. And every day you just look at the eggs in the incubator until one day they started to hatch. And that's how we learned about the circle of life or something. <laughs> and the teacher normally donated them all to some farm. And my grandmother found out that there were two dozen chickens in my classroom, and she's like, I want them. She talked to my seventh grade teacher. She's like, can I have the chickens? She took her home to East Point, Georgia, this little yard. She did not have many acres, and she had 24 chickens <laughs> oh my and gosh. lived in her backyard. And then she went and got two sheep. So she had two sheep and 24 chickens and a dog yes. all in her backyard. It was a farm, and her neighbors complained all the time. But I kind of loved it. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Alexandria, we both live now in Cobb yes. County. Let's get our chicken on. You can come over and help us with the chickens, and okay. you can be pseudo-chicken auntie. Is the half chicken going to be like just an egg, or is it like, because you said you get four and a half. It's right? just a little one. I think what we're going to do is get a bantam chicken, and they're just smaller. Yeah, I think that counts. Okay. But those that Polish works. ones that he's talking about, they look like chickens on a really bad hair day. They are really, really funny. You should get one of those, too. What should mm -hmm. I call my chicken? I don't know. 
One Denise. Yeah, Denise. Yeah. <laughs> Denise is a good mm, Samantha. Yeah. 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 Miranda. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, and Rhonda. Yeah. Are we thinking basic yeah. white girl names? Basic. Carrie. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just naming the Sex in the City girl. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, those are the four white girl names I know. <laughs> They're my favorite white girl. You could have Blanche, Dorothy. Ooh, that's Sophia. another set. We end every episode with a game, and tonight, TJ's designed something very special for us. Thanks, Will. Today is Leap Day. Yay! Yay, Leap Day! Oh, wow. Happy Leap Day. Amy Adams starred in the movie Leap Year with Matthew Good, where she flies to Ireland to propose to the love of her life. And the rapper Ja Rule was born on a leap day. So we're going to play Ja Rule or Amy Adams. (laughs) George, are you ready? So Okay, okay, I'm on the hot seat. (laughs) All right, so if I say this person played Lois Lane Superman, you'd say... Ja Rule. Oh, no, wait, Amy Adams. And if I say they organized a disastrous fire festival to promote their app, you'd say... Ja Rule. There yeah, we go. Yeah, ja Rule. Okay, okay. All right. I just ask those two questions and I got you. I'm going to win. <laughs> uh, we'll be great. So away we go. She dyed her hair red to get better acting gigs in Hollywood. Amy Adams. Correct. Fly their private plane to a small island operated by a drug cartel and thought, hey, this will be a great place for a music festival. Ja Rule. <laughs> Correct. One of seven siblings, this fake redhead was raised in a Mormon family. Jamie ja Adams. <laughs> George was correct. All right. It was revealed in a Netflix documentary that they yelled at models during a fire festival promo shoot, which included Bella Hadid and Haley Baldwin. Amy Adams. Jaw Rule. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like her. No. Yeah. All right. She learned how to knit on the set of the 2008 film Doubt with Meryl Streep. Oh, I've seen that. Amy Adams. Correct. After going terribly wrong, they tweeted that the fire Festival is not a scam and not their fault. Amy Adams. Uh, jaw Rule. Oh, uh, okay. a, I should have seen that. <laughs> in an intimate battle... Although it wasn't Amy Adams' fault. No. No. But you cannot blame Amy Adams you for the fire Festival. She is innocent. Yeah. She said it wasn't as well. So, in an intimate bathroom scene, it was their idea to lock lips with co-star Jennifer Lawrence in the movie American Hustle. Ja Rule. Amy Adams. I haven't seen that movie. Right. It's really good. It I'm is. Surprised. It's amazing. I need to watch it. Where do I see it? Netflix movie. Was the subject of three lawsuits, including a $100 million lawsuit in the state of California for a breach of contract and another for false advertising. Ja Rule. Correct. On a flight from Detroit to L.A., this celebrity gave up her first class seat on a plane for a military soldier. Amy Adams. Correct. I'm listening to pronouns now. <laughs> I figured out the, the, the hints. I'm giving you the answer. Yeah. <laughs> if you just pay attention to what he says, the answers will be better. All right. So after getting away scot-free, they sued the other fire festival organizer for $2.5 million. Ja Rule. Correct. This person had to reject a hug from Brad Pitt on a set of movie Vice because they had pink eye. Gross. Both. Yes. They're still planning music festivals, even though the first one didn't go so well. Amy Adams. No, Ja Rule. Correct. <laughs> ja Rule, Ja Rule. While working at The Gap, they once annoyed Whitney Houston after taking her job so seriously as a greeter. Amy Adams. Correct. Oh, my God, I didn't know Amy Adams annoyed Whitney Houston. Yeah. I like her 10% more now. Mm-hmm. You don't think Amy Adams put the meth sprinkles on Whitney's cupcakes, do you? I wouldn't put it past her. Mm-hmm. I know what you're up to, Amy Adams. Ja Rule could have also. 
Ooh, yeah. I don't think Ja Rule killed Whitney. I don't know. She was in one of his videos with Bobby Brown. Oh, like, my oh. God. It could be anybody. It could have been anybody. Did Ugh. we just discover a new theory? I think we okay. now have discovered it's either Ja Rule or Amy Adams that killed Whitney Houston. Did this mm-hmm. nonsensical game just solve the mystery of Whitney Houston? Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm calling Scotland Yard immediately and letting them know that we've come up with the solution to a Anonymous case that they're not looking at. Anonymous mm-hmm. tip. Look into Ja Rule. Yeah, look into Ja Or Amy Adams. Or Amy <laughs> the conspiracy might run deep. It might be both involved. It might they, be like murder in the Orient Express up in here. It's great job, TJ. Thanks. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another ridiculous episode of the Funniest People I Know podcast. Thank you to the Backyard Chicken Alliance of Cobb County. We're happy for you. Yay! You have Yay! our support. Thank you to Joseph Pond. And thank you to our listeners who've stuck with us for going on three seasons now. Have yourself a hilarious week. Bye.